Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up, and clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble when the wicked, excuse me, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is, in the, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it, when you have it with you. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with a man without cause if he has done you no harm. Do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. Verses 1 through 35, all of Proverbs chapter 3. Father, we thank you once again for the wisdom of your word. Thank you for the truth that all of your word, from Genesis to Revelation, it's a book of wisdom, a book of grace, a book of power, a book of light, and so, so much more. More and more with every passing day, help us to fall more in love with you and with your word and empower us to be much more faithful hearers and doers of your word. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.
Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Isaac Jackson, and we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. We once again ask that you please take time to pray daily for the ministry of the American Family Association. We very much desire and need your prayers, and we appreciate your prayers for this broadcast, the Hour of Intercession, as well. I just want to say a word of thanks to all of those that participated in our Truth for Youth a week last week. The Lord blessed tremendously and ran our cups over. Thank you, Lord, Father. Hallelujah. You blessed so tremendously. Thank you for all the people that called in, every Bible that was ordered. And thank you for all the seeds that have and will be planted through the use of Truth for Youth Bibles. Father, anoint us all afresh with the spirit of evangelism and discipleship. Stir us more and more, Father, to faithfully be about the work of making disciples every day of our lives. Help us to live daily with with an attitude of gratitude and to live in a listening mode, listening to the voice of your Holy Spirit who guides us to do ministry everywhere we go. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, wanted to share with you, by the grace of God, we had a record-breaking 65,270 free Bibles given away. And we're so thankful uh, to the Lord for how the, He blessed tremendously. And I want to say thank you to every person that participated, every person that ordered a Bible, every person that uh, prayed for the campaign and in any way participated. We really appreciate you and want to remind you, too, the Truth For Youth Bible is a wonderful ministry tool, and if you happen to have missed out on it, you can still order them, of course, uh, you know, and you can buy them in whatever numbers you wish to buy. Very inexpensive, but it's a wonderful ministry tool, a full New Testament with some comics in the front that teach and train you from a biblical perspective about so many of the issues that young people are facing today. Hope that you will choose to get one and learn about how and what a wonderful tool, ministry tool it is for evangelism and discipleship. Again, the Truth for Youth Bible provided by Revival Fires International Ministry, headed by, well, the president, of course, is Dr. Tim Todd, a great servant of the Lord. But again, once again, thank you, everyone, for participating in our Truth for Youth campaign on last week. As we begin, I wanted to share with you an article very briefly before we go to reading through the Word. This article is entitled, Jesus, Prayer, and Dr. George Washington Carver. Again, the title, Jesus, Prayer, and Dr. George Washington Carver. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Reading that one more time again, that's Mark 1, chapter 1, verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Mark 1, 35. Very much of what Jesus did in his life, believers can do as well. Christ modeled beautifully the life every believer can live. One area of our life that Christ modeled was his prayer life. And if Jesus made it a high priority to pray daily, we too need to make daily prayer a high priority. The Word of God tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, Pray without ceasing. We should live our lives as a running conversation with God. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, Don't worry about anything, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. 
shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus again, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. When we work, we work. When we pray, God works. Always remember God can do everything we can do so much better. There's no such thing as praying too much. Psalm 119 verse 18, excuse me, Psalm 119 verse 18 tells us, Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. That's a good prayer to pray just before you spend time reading God's word. Again, Psalm 119 verse 18. Again, it says, Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Every husband and wife should try to pray together every day. And all parents should strive to pray daily with their children. Also, parents, teach and guide your children to pray every day for you and for their brothers and sisters and others as well. Dr. George Washington Carver was a great man of prayer. He was a well-known scientist who was born as a slave. He has been credited with helping to save the agriculture of the South in his time. He is a great example of a believer who listened to and communed with God. And he is a great example of a believer who followed and applied God's wisdom in his life. Dr. Carver would rise up early every day and sit before the Lord, who he called Mr. Creator. There with the Lord, Dr. Carver learned secrets that blessed the world. See Jeremiah chapter 33, 3. From the book, The Man Who Talks with the Flowers, written by Glenn Clark, Dr. George Washington Carver once stated, There's literally nothing that I ever wanted to do that I asked the blessed Creator to help me to do that I've not been able to accomplish. It's all very simple if one knows how to talk with the Creator. It is simply seeking the Lord and finding Him. All my life I've risen regularly at 4 o'clock and have gone into the woods and talked with God. There He gives me my orders for the day. When people are still asleep, I hear God best and learn my plan. After my morning's talk with God, I go into my laboratory and begin to carry out His wishes for the day. Make it your goal to saturate your life and your family and the concerns of your life with prayer. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, the story of Hannah has many powerful life lessons about prayer and going to God in prayer with the desires of our hearts. The gift of prayer, that is the privilege to pray and talk with our Heavenly Father, is a precious gift from God. It's one of the most valuable gifts in all of life. Let's use the precious gift we have in prayer daily, wisely, and continually. The following is a poem that we don't have. uh, The author is unknown, but it's a touching poem. It says, When you were young and it was cold outside, with a blanket I covered you with care. Now that you are older, And the world is much colder. I now cover you with a blanket of prayer. Again, author unknown. And finally, remember, there's no such thing as praying too much. Again, the title of that article, Jesus, Prayer, and Dr. George Washington Carver. Again, the title, Jesus, Prayer, and Dr. George Washington Carver. If you'd like to get a copy of the article, simply email us at joseph at afr. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to send you a copy of the article. Again, the title, Jesus, Prayer, and Dr. George Washington Carver. Again, joseph at afr.net. 
We pick up now reading through the Word of God as we pick up in the book of Judges, Judges chapter 6, beginning at verse 33. Again, Judges chapter 6, starting at verse 33. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites, the people of the east, gathered together, and they crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Then he blew, <clears throat> excuse me, then he blew the trumpet, and the Abiezrites gathered behind him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also gathered behind him. He also sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali. And they came up to meet, and they came up to meet them. So Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, Look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there's dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let me test, I pray, just one, just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground let there be dew. And God, and God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on all the ground. Judges chapter 7. Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Verses 1 and 2 of Judges chapter 7. We've been listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're reading through the Word of God. We'll be right back.
Music of Planet Shakers with Only Way, reminding us that Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal life and to re- the only way to receive eternal salvation in Him. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. We continue now reading through the Word of God as we pick up now. Judges chapter 6, verse 33. Then all the Midianites and the Malachites, the people of the east, gathered together, and they crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Then he blew the trumpet, and the Abiezrites gathered behind him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also gathered behind him. He also sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali. And they came up to meet them. So Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let me test, I pray, just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on all the ground. Judges chapter 7. Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them, by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, This one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, This one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was three hundred men. But all the rest of the, but all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon. By the three hundred men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands. 
And he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those three hundred men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Purah, your servant. And you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Purah, his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites, all the people of the east, were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number, as the sand by the seashore in multitude. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Then he divided the three hundred men into three companies, and he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, Look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also will blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. And they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the three hundred blew the trumpets, The Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp, and the army fled to Beth Acacia, toward Zerarah, as far as the border of Abel Meholah by Tabith. And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Asher, and all Manasseh, and pursued the Midianites. Then Gideon sent messengers throughout all the mountains of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and seize from them the watering places as far as Beth-barah and the Jordan. 
Then all the men of Ephraim gathered together and seized the watering places as far as Beth Bara and the Jordan. And they camped and they captured two princes of the Midianites, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and Zeb they killed at the winepress of Zeb. They pursued Midian and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon on the other side of the Jordan. Judges chapter 8. Now the men of Ephraim said to him, Why have you done this to us by not calling us when you went to fight with the Midianites? And they reprimanded him sharply. So he said to them, What have I done now in comparison with you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Abiezer? God has delivered into your hands the princes of Midian, Oreb and Zeb. And what was I able to do in comparison with you? Then their anger toward him subsided when he said that. When Gideon came to the Jordan, he and the 300 men who were with him crossed over, exhausted but still in pursuit. Then he said to the men of Sukkoth, Please give loaves of bread to the people who follow me. Please give loaves of bread to the people who follow me, for they are exhausted, and I am pursuing Zeba and Zalmunna, kings of Midian. And the leaders of Succoth said, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmona now in your hand, that we should give bread to your army? So Gideon said, For this cause, when the Lord has delivered Zeba and Zalmona into my hand, then I will tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness and with briars. Then he went up from there to Penuel and spoke to them in the same way. And the men of Penuel answered him as the men of Succoth had answered. So he also spoke to the men of Penuel, saying, When I come back in peace, I will tear down this tower. Now Zeba and Zalmunna were at Karkor, and their armies with them, about 15,000, all who were left of all the army of the people of the east. For 120,000 men who drew the sword had fallen. Then Gideon went up by the road of those who dwell in tents on the east of Neba, excuse me, the east of Noba, and Jogbeha, and he attacked the army while the camp felt secure. When Ziba and Zalmunna fled, he pursued them, and he took the two kings of Midian, Ziba and Zalmunna, and routed the whole army. Then Gideon the son of Joash returned from battle from the ascent of Heres. And he caught a young man of the men of Succoth and interrogated him. And he wrote down for him the leaders of Succoth and its elders, 77 men. Then he came to the men of Succoth and said, Here are Zeba and Zalmunna, about whom you ridiculed me, saying, are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna now in your hand, that we should give bread to your weary men? And he took the elders of the city, and thorns of the wilderness and briars, and with them he taught the men of Succoth. 
Then he tore down the tower of Penuel and killed the men of the city. And he said to Ziba and Zalmunna, What kind of men were they whom you killed at Tabor? So they answered, As you are, so were they. Each one resembled the son of a king. Then he said, They were my brothers, the sons, the sons of my mother. As the Lord lives, if you had let them live, I would not kill you. And he said to Jether, his firstborn, Rise, kill them. But the youth would not draw his sword, for he was afraid because, because he was still a youth. So Ziba and Zalmunna said, Rise yourself and kill us. For as a man is, so is his strength. So Gideon arose and killed Ziba and Zalmunna and took the crescent ornaments that were on their camels' necks. Then the men of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, both you and your son, and your grandson also, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. From the hand of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord, the Lord shall rule over you. Then Gideon said to them, I would like to, I would like to make a request of you that each of you would give me the earrings from, your, from his plunder. Excuse me. Then Gideon said to them, I would like to make a request of you that each of you would give me the earrings from his plunder, for they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. So they answered, We will gladly give them. And they spread out a garment, and each man threw into it the earrings from his from his plunder. Now the weight of the gold earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold besides the crescent ornaments, pendants, and purple robes which were on the kings of Midian and besides the chains that were around their camels' necks. Then Gideon, then Gideon made it into an ephod and set it up in his city, Ophrah, and all Israel played the harlot with it there. It became a snare to Gideon and to his house. Thus Midian was subdued before the children of Israel, so that they lifted their heads no more, and the country was quiet for 40 years in the days of Gideon. Verses 1 through 28, Judges chapter 8. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we continue reading through the Word of God. We'll be right back.
Music from the group Mosaic with Tremble. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We continue now reading through the Word of God as we pick up in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him, and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, You are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, It is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go, tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he, depart, and he departed and went to another place. Then as, soon it was, then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become, about what had become of Peter. And when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord. And having made Blastus the king's personal aid their friend, they asked for peace. 
because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. And they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Acts chapter 13. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had, been, what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them, saying, Men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up and, motioning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt 
and with an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it. Now for a time of about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them by allotment. After that, he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a savior, Jesus. After John had first preached, before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. For those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. Verses 1 through 32, Acts chapter 13. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we continue reading through the Word of God. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never made the eternally important decision of inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart and your life, today is a great day to be saved. Today is a wonderful day to make the step of fully committing your heart and your whole life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to make that step, would you simply, from your heart, pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus, Thank you, Lord, for loving me so, so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things that I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you would have me to be. Lord, in your word, you said, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Help me to read your word daily. Help me to pray daily. Help me to follow you and obey you daily. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer and you committed your heart to the Lord, we're wanting very much to connect with you, to be in touch with you. My email, once again, is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to be in touch with you. We want to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, to be able to begin to put down deep roots in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Please email us. Again, joseph at AFR.net. And once again, if you'd like to get a copy of the article that we shared earlier, the article is entitled Jesus, Prayer, and Dr. George Washington Carver. Same email. Email us at joseph at AFR.net. We'll be glad to get it to you. As always, we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. Please pray much for the ongoing work of the American Family Association, American Family Radio, and the Hour of Intercession. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.